listening to Carnivore Conversations, a podcast exploring the benefits of keto, carnivore, intermittent feasting, and other lifestyle hacks. Each week, we'll be interviewing a special guest from the keto carnivore community and so much more. This is your host, board-certified and practicing physician, Dr. Robert Kiltz. Dr. Rob Kiltz on Carnivore Conversations, and we're here to welcome Victoria Faraz and talking about her journey from um, a standard diet to a vegan diet to a carnivore diet. And I'm really excited to have Victoria here today. So welcome, Victoria. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Well, it's really a pleasure. Maybe you could start by telling a little bit about uh, where you're from and uh, how you got to this crazy carnivore space. So I'm currently from Atlanta, Georgia, and I come from a Brazilian background, which goes to say for my lifestyle growing up, eating everything, no restrictions. And yeah, I, from eating everything to vegan to carnivore, it got a point to my life where I started seeing the vegan propaganda mm. and I wanted to be healthy and organic and lose weight because everyone looked so healthy. And I tried, that's what uh, incentivized me to give it a try. And then I went back to normal foods uh -huh. because I was uh -huh. like, this isn't working. Yeah. So I might as well just go back to eating everything. But then that wasn't working either. So I was like, I might as well give carnivore a shot at this point. And yeah. well, well tell ahead. us, uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what type of things were you you experiencing, I mean, obviously one is, you're right, how do we look on the outside and we want to lose weight? Were you feeling anything on the inside uh, early on that you also sort of went to the vegan way trying to, you know, find some health and wellness or was it just sort of the outside view? So yeah, with that, it's not just about the outside, right? It's about the inside as well. Yeah. Um, my eye at nine years old was diagnosed with hypothyroidism. So I've been on medication since then. Wow. The, I, I have compounded medication for T4, T3. And with that, just growing up, a lot of issues like bloating and alongside with the thyroid, which caused also like hair loss and just unwanted symptoms. So with that, once the vegan propaganda came, I was like, okay, maybe this can fix the issue, right? Maybe I can be healthy. Maybe it'll cure this thyroid thing or um, my gut and like acne and the bloating and PMS symptoms would just go away. Uh, so that's why I went into that. And during that time, I noticed that my lab work was not good at all. And I lost weight, but I lost muscle mass, hmm. which was bad. <laughs> And my labs weren't great. And I actually like have them with me because I was like, just in case, but for proof, my before and after labs. So in the vegan diet, I still continue to experience all the symptoms. Nothing helped. If anything, it kind of heightened it up a little bit. And because it wasn't working, I just figured, you know, let me go back to what I was doing. And then with that, so all these symptoms. And mm -hmm. then from like maybe two years ago, 
I started experiencing TMJ symptoms, which is also known as uh, joint pain, specifically in the jaw area. And I was like, okay, now where is this coming from? Yeah, and yeah. a lot of sinus issues that I never had experienced before. And it'd be weekly. And I'm like, okay, sinus issue, like what is causing this? These TMJ symptoms, what is causing this? I started breaking out a lot with acne. This was that whole transition of vegan to normal, like all in that area. And I would eat food and I would just go into a coma to sleep. And I was like, that's not normal. And I would look at food and be bloated just from looking at it. So what else was there? Yeah, like all of that's fatigue, a lot of fatigue. All of that led me to all these questions and wanting to find something to help all of this. And my mom is very big into the nutrition and wellness stuff. And that's mm -hmm. how she actually introduced me to carnivore. And I figured, okay, all of these people, she saw your post actually. And okay. Like, okay. Look at this. Like he has a guide for it. And there's all these people saying these amazing things about it. And we were like, we have to give it a try. And I was like, let's do it. Right. Cause if people are healing their, their bodies, that's what I want. And maybe again, I can fix all these situations. And I was like, okay, let's give it a try. And I started doing more research the whole carnivore community and the carnivore influencers started watching videos. And I was just like, whoa, like everything just flipped. It's like, but it all makes sense. And um, then I started my carnivore journey and I only have good things to say about it now. Well, I was, I was uh, uh, perusing the uh, daily uh, ma mail article and seeing some of the pictures and what you're doing. And tell us a little bit about how you sort of, how you transition? Did you sort of kind of slowly move into it? You do a little bit or do you jump into it? And, and what were the things you focus on in your diet? So I jumped in hundred percent. I didn't go into it slowly. And I started out with a lot of fat. And actually now I notice that my body does better with fat rather than lean, like taking out the fat, but I started eating a lot, a lot of fat. So hmm. Once we got the guide and everything doing research, so we, you know, just started buying meats and started eliminating everything else. It's very hard breaking, you know, compulsions and addictions that we have sugar addiction and just in our brains, like, okay, I'm just going to eat meat. Now the transition for me was actually pretty smooth. I didn't experience really heavy symptoms of what we call the carnivore flu or oxalate dumping. So for me, it went very well. The hardest part I would say would be giving up everything else and just mm. sticking to me in the beginning. Um, it was like a first two weeks, first month, I was experiencing different things, but in a good way. Mm. So yeah. What type of symptoms did you sort of, were you noticing withdrawal? You know, I always think that people in the, in this flu, uh, this uh, keto flu, carnivore flu symptoms or oxalate dumpings, it's a little bit of withdrawal more than anything. And, and did you, did you have anything at all or, or it just sort of like went boom, did nothing. No, there was definitely times where I would even like, Oh my gosh, I need sugar, start itching. You know, like I need to eat a carb or something. I can't just do this meat thing. But with that, I think I have to be hundred percent honest. There are certain yeah, times where I would cheat, you know, I had to do it. But when I did that, it just, it wouldn't feel good. And the more that I was like controlling myself, I started feeling better and better. And I started like 
at the time I was dealing with a lot of acne and like the bloating, like I said, and suddenly that sort of went away in that the first two months. So I was like, you know what? There's no reason for me to cheat because when I cheated and started like, you know, the cravings, I need something else. I would actually like feel the impact of it, of eating those things. I would feel again, like, how do I say this? I wouldn't feel good eating it. Hmm. But, stomach, yeah. stomach, mind, skin, anything particular? As in? Bloating, I'm bloating, headaches or brain fog and those sort of things. And I know I'm kind of throwing and feeding the, the symptoms. And I think I wouldn't know. No, like it was pretty smooth. I do think okay, that in good. the beginning, maybe maybe light headaches because I try to cut out coffee as well. And I know that has a big impact, but right now I still have my coffee. I'm working on it, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was pretty smooth. It was pretty smooth. And I actually mentioned this in the article, which is like a bit too much information, but in the beginning with like bowel movements, I saw more difference in that. With and, 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 and how so in bowel movements, I mean, everyone has a bowel movement. I think this is yeah. one of the things that we're like, I don't want to talk about, we have to, and, and I know for myself, it went from, you know, one or two daily to like one or two a week and there's no more blood or, or bloating and things like that. And, and there's no stress or strain. And for me, my hemorrhoids and kidney stone, my hemorrhoids and bowel bleeding went away in just a month. Mm, wow. 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 Yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. And I've been doing it now for since 50, age 55, I'm now age 67 and it's been the game changer and, and, um, you know, it's just uh, for anyone to really believe it, it. It really is a hard sell. Would you say, what was it that sort of like, you know, to, it's what, how long did it take for you to feel better is the question. I'm going to be honest. I start, I felt better within like three weeks of eliminating things. They just right there and then, but I truly started experiencing like the effects maybe like four months in, like, completely i felt like superwoman like energy my skin cleared up a lot which was amazing um just everything was just mm. better like like you said like the bloating and the headaches the tmj symptoms started going away and i was like wait i would tell my mom and i'm like it, it's not hurting anymore yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and she's like are you like are you taking the supplements and this and that and i'm like no 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 no, no. i don't need the supplements i'm just eating the meat <laughs> And what, what particular meat do you focus on? Do you have any likes or dislikes or you think one's better than another? Right now, I focus a lot on the ribeye. I do love my patties, but I do have yeah. a ribeye every night, sort of like you. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. however, yeah. I'm big on bacon in the morning. Every day I have bacon. I feel like there's a lot to say about that, but it's working for me, so... And eggs, bacon and eggs, but that's my main meats. Also, picanha. Okay, which is parents, which cut of that? That's a that's a Brazilian cut picanha. Yes, the yeah. top sirloin cap. Got it, got it. Mm -hmm. So it's and not we, far from the ribeye cap. No, it's not, and we don't cut the fat off. Got it. <laughs> which do you you're, are? Would you say that in general, most Americans and most butchers are cutting the fat away. And so we're buying lean meat. And so that may be one of our biggest challenges. I, it's a hard question because I think 
even if they were to add it, people would just cut it off because yeah. of what we've been told. Yeah. Yeah. Where? So now your family is originally from Brazil. Yes. Uh huh. And and so. I was, I was born and raised here. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and your family, you know, took on the tradition of the standard American food. And and did your mom? Uh, when did she go carnivore? Sort of. Okay. My dad is my dad is no help because he brings mm-hmm. in all the sweets. It's very triggering, but we're pushing through. Yeah. Um, yeah. He actually, it's funny because he doesn't agree with the meat eating, mm. so it's kind of like divided house in terms of that. My mother has tried to go carnivore. Her story is a great story, and that her time will come. But um, she's having a hard time remaining consistent with only eating meat. Yeah. She tries. Yeah. I've been stronger, but she still is hasn't been able to break the compulsion of eating other things as well. She's been, and I say like certain, like I had a smooth transition because I saw her go through oxalate dumping, and mm-hmm. her transition was wasn't as smooth as mine. Mm. I will say that. What what type of things do you think is the hardest for her to um, to eliminate? The sugar addiction, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Is it the sweets, the simple sugars, or where did where do fruits and vegetables do you think fall in for most people? It's more of carbs. Hmm. It's not even fruits. The bread, the, the pasta, yes. the pizza, those sort of yes. things. Mm-hmm. And we're 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 so addicted. Uh, uh, what's so? Oh no, it cut off. Caught, but I do a little bit from time to time, and uh, but I still enjoy it small amounts from time to time. Do you, you're you talked a little bit about coffee? You think it feels like a hindrance, or or it helps you in the process? I think the coffee thing is more mental than it actually yeah. is helping me. But um, I feel good the days that I don't t- don't drink it. But then I also feel okay the days that I do drink it. I know like consciously that I want to eliminate it just because of the effects. But I have it. I feel as I'll feel better because when I don't drink it, it's like, wait, I actually have my own energy. I don't yeah. need to depend on it. But again, it's that compulsion thing, like that addiction that it's like I need coffee. It's hard it, to break. It, 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 it's a, I find it enjoyable. I love the taste. It is. Um, I, I've done some decaf mostly now from time to time. I had a lot of butter, um, but I do occasionally have a caffeine and I really feel the difference. And so I really work to stay away from it. Um, I do a little bit of fries from time to time and a little bit of ice cream from time to time that I make. Um, but I wouldn't say I do it all the time or frequently. Where do you put alcohol in this? How are you doing on, on alcohol? Would you say not at all or very minimal? Not at all. I, I just can't stand the thought to put that into my body now that I know. Cool. Everything. Yeah, so not and, at all. And how about your f- friends? Uh, how are your friends um, reacting to this experience that you're going through? As we would expect. It's very, it's a bit different, controversial socially. Um, thankfully they kind of accept it in a way, but they kind of keep their mouths shut. They don't give me their full on opinions. Cause they're like, I want to say you're crazy, but I'm not going to say that to your face. 
<laughs> like what's going on. So they kind of like keep their opinions, but they know that, like I've explained like the facts and all. And I'm like, Hey, if you want to learn, like, I want to teach you as well. I'm not just doing this to do this. Like it's all backed up, you know, they're the doctors that say it's good and all of this and that. And they're kind of like, mm, okay. <laughs> well then t tell us a little bit about the doctors and what, uh, so you've been, you've been on thyroid medication and uh, either you're weaning off or you're off. I have began to come off. So before carnivore, this is the part I'm excited to talk about my lab works because I think it's so fun and Please so important too. So yeah. before carnivore, my T3 free levels, they've always remained consistently on the high end and um, even with medication. And my TSH levels have also, they vary, but on the high end. And then the, for the first time, seven months after going carnivore, do my lab work for the first time they are now on the lower end which is great it's within range so it's safe but yeah and now even my doctor was saying okay when you look at your my, your labs no one would say you're either i think it's hyperthyroidism or hypothyroidism it's normal so there's no point to even maintain the medication if your thyroid's functioning well so we can begin to take or begin to come off medication. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because my T4 levels have always remained really normal or low. So there's no issue in that. Um, I remember an older doctor when I first was on, getting onto the thyroid medication in my early teen years, I would ask, hey, can I ever come off this medication? Is this something I'm going to do for the rest of my life? And the answer was, unfortunately, Yes, you know, unless something happens, but you're going to have it your whole life. And that was just dreading because it was such a young age. And it's like, I have so long to go to have that medication alongside. And for the first time, I'm like, Ma, look at that. I'm coming off of it. It's not yeah. forever. So were you, were you initially diagnosed as hyperthyroid or hypothyroid? When in, hypo. in your teens, hypo, low hypo. So thyroid. So you had low thyroid hormone levels. So they gave you the supplement in order to give you um, the hormone you were, you were missing. Is that right? So I, I don't know the whole specifics of it. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah. So yes, it, it has always been hypo. And with the medication, I don't take the one they recommend. I don't even know the name of it. I think it's like Thy uh, level thyroxine, levothyroxine, uh, synthroid, which are the leading leading synthetic brands. Versus, it sounds like you're taking a a uh, a a, a, uh, a natural comp mm -hmm. either natural compounded or a desiccated uh, porcine uh, thyroid supplement. Correct, because the other ones they don't have the correct conversions that our thyroid actually needs. So it's doesn't help at all, just cause more problems. And so I do have the compounded medication. And with that, the levels, like I was saying, they've always been on the higher end. So it's always with the medication. Like there was a point where my TSH levels, I would even get alerts, like this is way too high. And yeah, now it's low. And the T3 has like gone to regulated. It's not on the high end, like 3.9, 4.0. And skin, hair, 
your physical ailments sort of all of all healed and you're feeling it, yes i my hair nothing's really changed but mm. my skin has changed my hair is just like it is good so i don't have anything bad to say it's beautiful hair <laughs> thank you but i have noticed my nails have gotten stronger they were mm -hmm. very brittle and that changed that was a big notice um yeah and and you mentioned uh, weight loss and how you feel like you're you're where you want to be and the the physical nature it's i yes because i gained of course with the protein i gained my muscle mass back because mm -hmm. i had lost a lot um and yes i am happy with all of that i also i think it's fun to mention the whole cholesterol aspect of it before carnivore my triglyceride and hdl ratio weren't good and we know mm -hmm. that's the ratio as i've learned that's what you know we can see where risks come from and now after carnivore my triglycerides are low my hdl is good and one other factor that i didn't know but i learned about is the vldl so before carnivore that was on the high end, which I learned that it isn't good because that sticks to our tissues. And then after carnivore, it's at, it's the lowest as it can be. So like everything is flowing and great. And then another bonus is the liver, which all of this is in the complete metabolic panel, right? Where we can see how our liver is mm -hmm. doing. And before carnivore, and I have to mention, I've done liver cleanses and not just like taking supplements. I've done like whole protocols. Like I said, I've had supplement supplementation always. Um, I've tried everything, the mm. teas and nothing worked. Carnivore worked. <laughs> and so with lab works, the liver labs, everything was on the higher end as well. Like the a AG ratio, bilirubin, AST, ALT, the enzymes. And even with the liver cleanse, they were still like a bit high. And now with carnivore, everything is low, which is good because if it's high, then it means your liver's overproducing and overflowing, which they like can, that marker showcases kind of liver damage potentially. Right. And with, and it's like, okay, after carnivore, my liver is cleaner than it's ever been. <laughs> and it's a bit, cause we say, oh, all the fat in your liver, but I also learned with Dr. Kilks that the fat doesn't go to the liver. <laughs> the fat is made in the liver, but uh -huh. when you eat the fat, it goes to the lymphatics, but then it goes everywhere because fat is critical for our bodies. Without it, we would die. And cholesterol is good for our bodies, not bad for our bodies. And I'm still a little questioning all the LDL, HDL, and VLDL and triglyceride cholesterol levels because I think it still hasn't found a place. And my bias is that we're still looking for a test to help diagnose cardiovascular risk factors. But I would say it's still likely CRP, uh, ESR, uh, a C-reactive protein, uh, 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 the, the, um, um, the sedimentation rate, uh, uh, ESR, and also hemoglobin A1C may be helpful because if it's higher or fasting glucose, or fasting insulin. If fasting glucose and insulin are elevated, that means you're likely eating a high carbohydrate diet and you have liver damage, which I think is the is sort of the leading cause of insulin resistance and ultimately all the, the damage. And the real damage also comes from a sh the sugars and a, a high sugar, high protein diets 
glycate. Glycation is rust to every nook and cranny of our body, causes the thyroid damage, the hair to be lost, the skin to be damaged, uh, and um, and sort of that's just a downward spiral, spiral, even at your young age. And you're now in your early 20s? 23, yes. And, and you started suffering at what age would, would you say that the suffering began for you? With all these symptoms, like in my teenage years, probably that I would say I would notice, I guess, yeah. maybe like 14 years old, 15 years old. But Menstru menstrual irregularities uh, or, or menstrual pain with your menstrual periods? Big time before. I, I still do have the regular cramps, but before carnivore, I had extreme PMS symptoms where my blood pressure would drop low. And I would experience a lot of symptoms, nausea, mm. vomiting because of the pain was so bad. I would take my dolls and the medication, but I still experienced a lot, a lot of pain. Now I still do have cramps, but it's not like I'm dying. I can still function as a human, which goes to say all the inflammation. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I was reading uh, the, uh, the Daily Mail and then and, and reading some of your bio, and it sounds like you're interested in going to law, but I'm just wondering if maybe healthcare and medicine might be the direction based on your story. I think so too. I'm in the wrong field. I actually <laughs> wanted to do medicine for a long time, and I don't know what happened, but I just, it's like, okay, let's do law. And here I am, but it, medicine is something and nutrition and all of this, I have a passion for mm. I just think it's so awesome. And it's good to learn the different things, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe now I can get the chance to, you know, share. What, what is your, your, your favorite meal? And, and would it, is it just steak or I, I noticed some shrimp out there and do you do fish at all or other, uh, or other, um, organisms? I, 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 I haven't tried any organs yet. Kind of scared, but I know I'm going to need to soon enough. I want to, uh, I try to have variations. There was a moment I also mentioned my body tells me what it wants. Sometimes yeah. I'm craving a lot of fat and I will dig into pork belly. And sometimes I'm like, I don't want fat. I want more meat and I'll just mm -hmm. go for leaner cuts. But there was a phase where I wanted a lot of shrimp and I was just like eating a lot of shrimp every day, but now not anymore. I do, I do eat salmon. Um, but right now it's mainly ribeyes have always been a favorite. Yeah. With a lot of butter. <laughs> I'm experimenting with tallow. I've tried ghee, but I think my favorite at the end of the day has to be butter. Grass fed, of course. And yeah. So, so how would you talk to you uh, as a, as a teenager and helping sort of convince why the vegan vegetarian standard diets are harming and how to inspire you at a younger age to go carnivore. Cause it sounds like that's a lot of what you're doing on your Instagram and, and uh, working to share the story for helping younger women. So yeah, I, if I could tell myself or others, 
I think it's important first to have like that open mind and to do Mm -hmm. the research to learn how your body actually works. Because once you start learning how everything is working and how the seed oils and the toxins of plants and the sugars and all the corn syrups and all of that is affecting the blood brain barrier, the gut, you know, like everything in your body. Once you have, I would have to start, you know, with that and just all the benefits of it to showcase, because once you start learning that you see how everything changes And health wasn't what health really was supposed to be, the whole plant thing. So I guess in that way, yeah, like eating meat is good. Don't say no to it. Don't neglect meat. Don't neglect the fat. You need it. Our bodies need it. One thing is, I think as well, that people don't talk about on carnivore, parasites in our bodies. I actually had an experience in the beginning with all the fat eating and I've had my knowledge about parasites in the past as well. It's not a third, third world thing. I think it's a human thing. Some of us have more than others, but also in the lab works, you can, you know, test for certain measurements. And I regularly would do a parasite cleanse every year Mm. and my EOS absolute would vary also in the high end to the point where it was maybe like six or the absolute would be 0.3. And then on carnivore, they don't like fat. They don't like fatty meat. They like the sugars, the parasites feed on that bad stuff. And which they're a big problem as well. I think they're big on many issues in the body and inflammation as well, but eating the first two weeks with eating a lot of fat, I noticed them, you know, coming out and die off, which was big, which was surprising. It was awesome to me. I was, I, I thought it was so cool, but I think that's a topic that's not talked about a lot as well. Well, it's interesting. There was a paper recently that I read that fed cows fat, 30% of their diet out of fat and the cows died. And the reason the cows died is because all the microbes in the gut died. So eating fat kills the parasites. It kills the microbes. It kills the bacteria, yeast, viruses, and other uh, microbes like parasites that live in our gut because of a high plant-based, high sugar-based, high protein-based, low-fat diet. And that's the interesting story is that, you know, it does kill off. And the really best cleanse is eat, eat the fat and fast. And mm-hmm. the microbes don't like that. They love the plants because the plants are all sugar and they love lean meat because lean meat breaks down amino acids and amino acids are sugar-like. So that's kind of the other crazy story to, to this that you know most people don't understand that they're suffering because they're consuming a plant-based lean meat, no fat, three to six meals a day. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. And with the three to six meals a day, when I first began, I was very hungry. So I was eating in larger portions and a lot meat, most, well, yeah, meat. But now it's like I naturally fast Mm -hmm. because I think as the body adjusted, as it's healing, 
uh, I just want to eat less, which I think is something like I have to watch myself because I'll, you know, under eat and I don't want that to happen. But you're so satiated with the meat and the fat that yeah. you, you don't want to snack on other things. Have you tried fasting at all? Completely. Well, what's your, what's your eating window? When do you eat? How often do you eat? So usually for breakfast in the morning around 11 and then at night around like eight 30. But the thing is at night, I actually have a hard time finishing a full ribeye because I'm yeah. still full from earlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you always add butter to your ribeye? Always. And how about salt? What's your salt uh, use? I love salt. I put salt in my water. I put salt on everything. And I use the real salt, Redmond salt. Mm. Or that's for cooking. But in my water, I'll use the Celtic salt. I prefer it better in the water. I haven't tried the Celtic Celtic in a long time. I love Malden and I love Redmond's. I'll have to try the Celtic salt and, and see how that goes. Um, what about it. water intake? Tell us a little bit about your water intake. I drink a lot of water. I don't drink anything else. Well, for dinner, I do sparkling water. Mm. I think it helps just with eating the meat, mm -hmm. something different. Mm -hmm. But water-wise, I drink maybe like three liters a day. I drink a, a lot of water, in my opinion. And then I'll do water or salt in the water every other day or before training, because I know it can give me a pick-me-up. And tell us a little about your exercise routine. I try to be consistent. I try to be every, I do it every day, mm. but with life and things, you know? Yeah. But I try to be in the gym every week. Um, I do weightlifting, not cardio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one thing that I do would love to say is that I think cardio, it's good. Cardio is good, but I think you shouldn't neglect picking up some weights. I know from your book that, you know, we don't really need to exercise. We can just do light walks and all of that. My mom is a big fan. She's like, yes, I'm not going to the gym. <laughs> but, and that's true. Honestly, you on carnivore, I feel like, you know, if you want to exercise, great. You know, you want to go to the gym and do that. Great. If you don't just, you know, light yoga or Taking walks is also fine. It's really preference for everybody's different. So, but you to tell us, are you are you in every day to the gym, or you said you do some cardio, or you you're weightlifting? Any particular uh, uh, routine that you're doing? Um, so I try to go at least three times a week. Mm -hmm. If I can, I'll go more. And my routine is pretty, like you have your leg days, your shoulder upper body days. Things like that. Cardio, yeah. barely, 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 barely. Yeah, I think the weightlifting is good. I think mm -hmm. walking in weights is is good. You know, you could use your body as your weights: so push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, those sort of things. All of them, and 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 deep deep ends and burpees, which are are really good. Also, you know, you don't need to go to a gym. You don't need to have the weights, but I think they're good. You know, it's something I think that you know our our strength is diminished over our lack of activity. Mm -hmm. And we're not going out to the fields and we're not, um, you know, lifting boulders and those sort of things um, anymore. And so I think it's kind of real important to to be doing that. Um, 
And, and to, so any particular questions that you wanted to ask me? So I actually do have a question. I wanted yeah. your take on, I know carnivore for life. How would, there's so many things that I've also seen and it's like, okay, I actually have my question myself because I know it's been great and I feel like I could live forever like this, but it's like, what would your response be to those who are like, oh, okay, this is only something that you do for a year? Because there's also some nutritionists and some people that will say, you know, you can do carnivores great for a year, but then it won't be good long-term. I feel like I have a good take on what you would say, but I would love your response on that. Well, you know how you feel on plants mm -hmm. and you know how you feel on meat. Mm-hmm. And, and meat to me is animal-based and then there's plant-based. I stick to animal-based because when I eat plants, I feel it. If I do minimal and I make sure I do fat, I'm, I feel okay. But any significant plants, and I've been sick from plants, and I think carnivore is the most sustainable thing I've ever learned. I've been doing it now for, like, you know, 12, 13 years almost, and I feel the very best ever. And whenever I have um, some, I've once in a while had some rice or beans or something weird that something was there in a meal and I just, I tasted it, I get sick. And so I think that there's no requirement for plants ever in the human diet and, and sugars are not required at all. And so I think we're duped. And they say keto is not uh, uh, is not sustainable. They say carnivore is not sustainable. Well, uh, the cost of healthcare is going up and up and up and up, and more and more people are on more and more drugs at younger and younger ages. The incidence of cancer and hypertension, diabetes, heart disease is going up at younger ages, and and so you know the the basically the plant based propaganda wants to keep us addicted unfortunately and so the story even for years uh, tobacco doesn't cause disease and sugar doesn't cause disease and and alcohol doesn't cause disease but the answer by most scientists and doctors is we just don't know or bad genes so i think the sad part is is that we've been lied to by the lions who control the message and so it's time we take the lion's space back. And basically yeah. we've been lied to. And so we, we think we're sheep and we all line up for, for sodas and whiskey, wine and beer and partying with uh, pizza, pasta and all the sorts of things. And we've are addicted. And so we get hangry and we get depressed and then they want to give us a drug, um, which, which ultimately is our downfall. And so, you know, the younger and younger, we can help people like yourself and younger than that. And then moms and dads. And, you know, that's really the story we need to be propagating and in a positive way, not trying to force people to do this. What do, you know, the thing about carnivores, I think that's different. We're not pushing a, a, a propaganda saying you better do this. Mm -hmm. We don't need a bunch more carnivores. It's just, you know, there's more, there's, you know, fewer lions than there are sheep. And so, but if we inspire people like yourself and myself and other people at any age, doesn't matter that, wow, 
isn't this like the most amazing thing you you ever learn? And so, you know, there may be times when you go in and out of maybe some standard dieting experiences, depending on um, your social, um, um, where you, where you are socially at parties or things like that. But um, I, I think you'll, once you know this, you're just like, wow, this is amazing. And uh, I see some people like Dr. Saladino, you know, now claiming that fruit and honey is good on a regular basis. But I think it's because the marketplace is larger in that world. You know, if you can claim that vegetables and honey and, and fruit are good for you, well, more people are going to believe you because that's the, that's the sheep way. Mm-hmm. And, and I know it kind of, I'm not, you got to have fun with this. I have fun with it also. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, claiming. I mean, oh, you know, you know, okay. we're all weak in one way or another. Um, even I've got some weaknesses. Yeah, it goes in and out. It's just the nature of the <laughs> technology. And they're about to fix my my internet system troubles. But but um, do you agree or do you disagree? Or what are your thoughts on this? After been you're seven months, eight months in? About to be eight months in. But seven months in, yes. Yeah. I agree. I, when I eat different things, because I'm like, oh, okay, I'm good. Maybe I'll try this again your body feels it. And when you know, there's no way to go back to the bad stuff. Um, but it's, again, I think it it's all goes back to that. Like people saying, you know, a lot of things, but it's like, I feel good. I think I can live like this forever. Yeah. I actually do have another question. Oh, please. Yeah, always, yeah, we're here. I, yeah. I, okay. So this might be a little, I don't know, controversial, but what would you say like that would differentiate like doctors who are putting out the truth? What happened? Like what got lost in translation in your opinion from those who would be like, no, fat is the enemy and meat. Oh my goodness. Cause it's like, I, I've always thought about that. I didn't go to medical school and it's like, how are they learning two different things? Right. But I think it's not even about learning two different things. It's just, I feel like there are the curious doctors that practice medicine that go after the truth, the root cause, and then others are kind of just by the textbook in a way, or like sold to what's been told and kind of go with it. So we work so long to be part of the, the um, establishment of medicine and and since we want to go into standard medicine we sort of believe in the paradigm of doctors helping people nurses practitioners everyone and and so we're that's what we're immersed in we don't hear or see the opposite sides because it's not common you know it's sort of here i am in my 50s i go carnivore before that i was paleo keto paleo and atkins before that i was big crazy exerciser and so i think when you're in the in the standard practice, this is all you see and hear. And it was sort of accidental that I fell upon this. A patient of mine was doing paleo and got pregnant. I'm a curious one. And I, I said, well, let me, let me learn about what is paleo diets. I'm Italian. Mediterranean diets were standard with me. And, and then, and then as I, I learned more about paleo, uh, it was high fat. It's focusing on fat. And then I fell over keto and I'm like, well, ketosis and ketoacidosis and what's the difference? And, and then I read a book by Richard David Feynman called the world turned upside down. 
And because I'm again inquisitive, I question why everybody, where's everyone getting sick, or why was I getting sick? I had kidney stones and migraines and bowel bleeding and hemorrhoids and psoriasis and depression and anxiety and and, and inferiority complexes. And they're so much smarter than I am. Boy, they know everything. I read these papers and generally I'd read these papers and I never came up with the same. I still try to sift through them and wonder how did they come up with this answer somehow. It didn't make sense to me. And I always question, does what they say make sense? And, and as I, you know, hung out with more and more ketovores and carnivores, and then you begin to see some of the crazy people out here. And, uh, I did it myself. I, again, I went, I went, um, Atkins then paleo then keto and finally carnivore and healed me. So we went into medicine. I went into medicine. I think people go into medicine to help people. But doctors are supposed to be open-minded. And that's the part that I want to talk about as much as anything else. And what's my agenda? I'm a fertility doctor. I'd love to help people make babies and nothing better than that. But I see young men and women suffering at younger and younger ages with reproductive dysfunction. And, uh, you know, it's we have to be the voice of a different way. And truly, you can eat some plants. There are probably some plants that are less antigenic and less chemically harmful than others. But fiber is deadly, deadly. It ferments in your gut, and the microbes love you. And they come with all the bacteria, yeast, and viruses. They, they come on the plants. I mean, ribeye steak, basically, you know, you get a, a fresh-killed animal, and, and basically, they don't have a back, bunch of bacteria, yeast, and viruses. And they don't even have a bunch of hormones that have been added killing you. It's the plants that are killing you. And most people don't talk about the fact that, that um, plants not only make their poisons, they make the heroin, cocaine, marijuana, nicotine that make us addicted. But they contain pesticides. They contain them and they contain estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. They contain the abortion pill and the birth control pill. Mm. So, so, you know, it's, um, why? Because we're, we're attracted to the doctor sort of, I want to be a doctor and I want to sort of have high prestige and honor and make a lot of money, I guess. But, Traditionally, doctors were were hardworking, dedicated to helping people, and now it seems like it's focused on money. And mm-hmm. and as a fertility doctor, I have I have a large practice and I do very well. But I hope that I maintain my my intention on helping people and not focusing on making more money, helping making more mommies mm-hmm. and men, men and mommies. That's what I think is really what we're here for. We're here for reproduction. We're here for family building. But we're uh, addicted. We're addicted to substances that harm our relationships with ourselves, with God, and with our family, friends, and our community. And, and you know, it sort of seems like a little bit of a rat race. Mm-hmm. And we're in a maze. It's like a, it's either a corn maze or a um, just a, a maze that you're trying to get yourself out of. But I immerse myself in this, and I think the 
love it. And I think, again, I'm not here to chastise any professionals and medical doctors or anyone to scientists. I think we should all listen to the opposite story. And I've, I've learned long ago that you want to read, you want to listen to, you want to watch something you don't believe in and be open-minded to, well, why do they believe that? At one point, I went into a journey to figure out God. Does God mm -hmm. exist? And I wanted to understand human beings' perception of God. Like, why do we believe in God? And I realized that we're the gods. <laughs> but I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Do you have any particular, maybe we, you know, I, this is meant to talk about lots of things, by the way, not just meat. Yeah. Um, I... What's your drive in life? So actually recently with the physical change with carnivore, I kind of went through a year of learning all of this spiritually growing mentally, physically, and I am actually a Christian. So I've been growing a lot into that. Um, but one thing that you mentioned, which I think is a beautiful thing, is that most people in the carnivore community they are open-minded. They are curious. They question things and they're like, this doesn't seem right. And that's why we're all here where we are. And I think that's just beautiful because we're curious. And I think that's how doctors should also be. And the, all everyone should be. One of the challenges I think in medicine, it's sort of like a conveyor belt of seeing more patients in a short amount of time to bring more profits and the loss and the focus of being able to talk to patients and listen and learn from them and help them. Well, interesting thing is uh, my old doctor, I went to, I was like, what, maybe a few months ago. And I told them about the carnivore diet. They gave me a look. I, the My new doctor, which I've been consulting with and everything, agrees with the carnivore diet. Everything's great. But the old one was like, eh, I don't like that. <laughs> and I told her, I was like, I would love to share more articles with you. You know, like there are other doctors that I'd love to share with you. And her response to me was crazy. It was like, oh, I don't have time to learn more things. I, what The way I heard it was I don't have time to help my patients. I just give them, I, I prescribe what I know. They're mm -hmm. great, whatever. And I was like, sadly, that's growing. It's a thing where you're just, they don't, they diagnose, prescribe, on your way, come yeah. back soon. <laughs> diagnose and prescribe. We're, we're experts at the differential diagnosis of diseases. So I, I, I listened to your story and I worked to come up with a code that you can bill for. And um, those drugs there's dissections, and there's other doctor specialists to help you on the journey. And, and so your, our diseases are lifelong experiences. And then I give you a label, and your label now, you join another group that's part of the label, and you're all going to sort of fight for the ability to help those people um, um, in uh, their disease. And so... That's one of the problems I found in medicine that, it, you know, with this label, and I always say label enables. And, and once we've given the label, it's like I've got this, I am this. But diseases, mm -hmm. what I've found are mostly um, 
allergic or other chemical reaction. to or the air we breathe and and that seems to be the biggest problem that we blame pollution and we blame that's either in the air or the water but it's sort of the um the the simple answer is that's actually the healthy food we eat because we label fruits and vegetables as healthy mm-hmm. we label lean meats is, is is healthy we label red meat of any kind is unhealthy and likely the cause of disease which yeah. you got to kind of wonder is that really true i question everything and maybe that's the part that i'm hearing from you is question everything mm-hmm. yeah big time Because I myself was also in a state of mind where I wasn't questioning everything. I was kind of a sheep. You tell me Mm. this, okay, try that. But now it's like, no. I think, yeah, my views have completely changed on every aspect of everything where it's like, yeah, definitely the system is one of a kind. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your, your, you're currently in school, out of school, what type of work do you do? Again, I'm not necessarily going to put all this. I just curious for, for how we can peel this apart and help, help direct. Again, I'm not taking this whole thing and just putting it out there. We're, we're going to edit it. And if there's things you don't want to talk about, don't ever hesitate. Don't worry. Yeah. I would also love to like, if there's a way that I could also share this, like, 100%. Oh, 100%. Well. You can you can have any and all of this. I don't I don't have anything proprietary. You can okay. take all of my stuff and you can revamp it and use it because I think that's that if we're here to share and help people in ways, that's really the key. Mhm. Yes, I learned a lot from you. So thank you for all your stuff. Um so currently I so I graduated from university with political science pre-law i decided to take a gap year Mm -hmm. i'm blessed to have take that gap year because that's where i got introduced to all of this new stuff and now i'm studying for the lsats to go into law school law school is a main priority for me so that's my new journey but i also do have a goal that just like everyone else I want to share how this has changed my life. And because I see my family, my friends dealing with so many things, it's, I just want to share. I want to share to the people who don't have the opportunity to go look for it or have the curiosity to go look for it. Kind of just, you know, pop up all these sort of things. If it becomes like, if it grows, more people will be aware, just like the goals of the whole carnivore community. I think, yeah. yeah. I also well, want to work with well, that. Writing and sharing what you're doing, we'd love to sort of uh, utilize your words and, and share wow. that because we have to inspire younger and younger and younger people because the healthcare costs are on the rise and the cost of living is on the rise and mm-hmm. and uh, sickness is on the rise. And if the way of actually touching more people is not one by one in an office based practice, but is actually through social media. This is the next way. And people deserve to hear the story 
and and um i'm you know there's there's i'm not i'm a fertility doctor i'm a busy guy i do sell some organ meat supplements and i sell some some vegan supplements by the way and again we're working to sell some things at a lower cost but i'm i'm not out to sell i'm really out to sort of like if if i can inspire any one person to change and find this crazy carnivore lifestyle is radical animal based that's you know a good one you either eat animals yeah. or you either eat plants or you eat both you know saladino is an omnivore technically you know, either carnivore, herbivore, omnivore, you're animal-based or plant-based. If you're in the middle, you, you, anywhere, you know, in the middle, I mean, I have some plants. I guess I'm not fully a carnivore. That's okay. I don't care. And But I would tell you that a, a meat-centric, animal-based diet and fatty meat is really the key. And I always say that fat causes no disease. Mm-hmm. Skinny, actually. Skinny is deadly. And and without curves, without fat, and we're 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 dead. Anorexia bulimia is and in working to be skinny is 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 not good. And um, I think too many people are focused on salad and skinny, and they're getting brain damage, bowel damage, and and every organ system, and mostly reproductive damage, because infertility is on the rise. It's With growing. Imbalances, hormonal, right? hormonal, hormonal, hormonal. But you know, we call it hormonal issues. It's actually all inflammation. Inflammation okay. damages every every cell, every organ system, and ultimately the organism. And so, if we can really help people understand that their their ability to heal is with faith, fatty meat, and fasting. Those are sort of the three things I say to a fertile life. And you got to believe in God. Get, God. Believe in God. I don't care if you call it the universe or nature or the sun God or whatever it is. You have to have faith and have more positivity in life. I agree. I like that. The three Fs. And you got to take three Fs. There are three Fs. <laughs> and and you know, those are those are really, really, really critical. And, and I, I think in medicine, we don't talk, talk enough about God. And I don't care what your religion is, but um, in, in essence, our, our faith in that highest power, which is within all humanity, our ability to clean up the world and, and, and change so many things is, is absolute. We go to Mars and the moon and beyond. We can, we can work on this. We could lower healthcare costs. We can make, uh, make health and wellness for more people available without all the drugs, dissections and all the doctors. That's true. But Any the, final questions or comments before we sign off for today? No, I think that's it. Awesome. And if you would like to, I don't, are you doing interviews of others in this space yet? With no, not yet. For okay. what do you mean? Like other carnivore yeah. doctors? Or? Yeah. If you're doing interviews and things like that, and you know, those are good things to sort of get interviewing others and beginning to build your space and your experience. See, MD, DOs, NPs, RNs, or or a lot of, no, your label at the end of your name or begin, begin it means nothing. Okay. Health and wellness is in your hands. Okay. Health and wellness is in your hands. I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, this idea that I'm your doctor, I'm your healthcare provider, you are. Each human individual is responsible for their health and wellness. 
but they've been, it's the same thing. It's like we're lining up like sheep and we're waiting for someone else to make us healthy. We're not listening to our own bodies. We're letting someone tell us yes. what we feel. <laughs> and, and the marketing of, of, of sugar and alcohol and tobacco and, and, and food that's labeled as healthy, but it is the cause of all disease. I'm sorry. And it's so expensive too. And then you look at the ingredients and it's not even pure ingredients. It's a bunch of other junk. When you it's cook crazy. your meat, does it have a label on it that said like what's in it? I don't, I don't yeah, <laughs> like, I don't recall the ingredients. Right, right. But, but now you buy <laughs> fake meat and it's got a label of a bunch of shit. You're wondering like this is industrially made. What What is yes. this about, right? But We've it's been natural. Yeah. <laughs> natural, organic, clean. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I got these words that be healthy. These are all marketing terms. Yes. It, it's funny. To us, it's funny. You have to laugh at it. Or like the cereal. This helps or does it lower your cholesterol? And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> lower cholesterol is actually deadly for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Low cholesterol, low hormones, low health. That's really, I, really it. It is so simple. And, I agree. Uh, Cholesterol is very important. hundred percent. And that's why the LDL, HDL, and VLDL and all that other mess of studies on in our blood work. My bet is you don't need any blood work. It's a bloody mess. You just need to be bold about your life. Nice. <laughs> What's your favorite book? My favorite book. I don't have a favorite book. Mm. Not yet. Have you ever read The Alchemist? I've heard a lot about it. Paulo Coelho. But he's he's okay. he's. I think he's Portuguese Brazilian. Uh, okay. I don't know exactly, but but because uh, in Brazil they sp speak Portuguese. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paulo Coelho, The Alchemist. You must read it. I, I will look into it's, it. It's and it, it, listen to Jeremy Irons. Uh, read it is magical. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But The Alchemist. Okay, I will definitely look into it. Victoria. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Kiltz. It is really my pleasure. I look forward to sharing more of this and um, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, we'll be watching and learning from you. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Carnivore Conversations hosted by me, Dr. Robert Kiltz. And don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening today. Check out drkilts.com for more and subscribe to our Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook for more inspiring content every day. Take care and see you next time.